Welcome to the first ever episode of Chapters of Edison podcast. My name is Ryan Bion. And my name is Karan Singh. And we're your hosts for Chapters of Edison podcast. On our episode today, we'll be discussing major changes that is taking place in our Edison classroom. Project-based learning is coming to life in our Edison community, changing the way every single student is being taught. So let's get into it. You may wonder what project-based learning is. Well, PBL is a way of learning that allows the students to be the true drivers of the classroom while the teachers are able to take a step back. It allows an environment for student voice, student interest, student engagement to be present. It allows the students to focus on issues and topics that are not just in their school or their classroom, but the community that they are living in or the world around them. I agree, Ryan. PBO involves valuable skills. To get a better understanding of PBO, we have to compare to our traditional classroom, where you sit down in class taking notes, participating, and completing assessments. In contrast, PBL allows students to develop knowledge and skills through engaging projects set around challenges and problems. In an everyday classroom, we have projects called dessert projects, which are short intellectual light projects given after a teacher covers a unit, content, and a usual way from the main course project in which the project is the unit. In PBL, the project is the vehicle for teaching students vital knowledge and skills to learn. So the project is the main focus and frames curriculum and instruction. Through this comparison, we can now get a better understanding of PBO. To add on to what Quran has stated, it allows the students to truly follow the unit as they're building their projects throughout. According to Juan Solomon, who is actually the director of the School of Future in the city of New York, who states, when students are challenged to get to work on solving real-life problem, the whole world becomes a classroom. He states some example of student activities in classrooms, such as students working on online journals, designing research projects, meeting with groups to plan and create websites, and design digital media presentation, evaluating their peers for collaboration, presentation skills. In PBL, students are able to work in groups solving problems that are authentic and curriculum-based. They're able to attack and approach problems they're interested in and what activities they need to pursue in order to find a solution. The idea of project-based learning is so fascinating, Ryan. This sounds very creative and engaging. So my question to you is, is PBL in Edison and what does it look like? The roots of project-based learning actually extend to the work of an educator and philosopher named John Dewey in 1959, whose laboratory school at the University of Chicago was based on the process of inquiry. Dewey argued that students will develop personal investment in the materials if they are engaged in real, meaningful tasks and problems that emulate what experts do in the real-world situation. And to add on to your question, there are classrooms in Edison that are becoming project-based learning classrooms. But however, there's one room in the building that has always been modeled after 
project-based learning, and that's called AP Research. And that's a classroom that me and Karan are both a part of, and it allowed us to be invested into the curriculums and have student voice present in the class. Yeah, this is what our AP Research class is about. Our classroom is modeled like a caucus, where there's a director, chair, and delegation, where it makes a classroom much more engaging In AP Research, our primary focus is our research project, which is the main focus of our class. We basically choose a topic where we must identify a problem and find an effective plan to tackle this problem. We find credible sources and prove the problem. Also, we communicate with our peers, practice public speaking, provide critical feedback, and think critically. This is a perfect example of a PBL classroom that allows the student engagement to truly grow, that is really focused on supporting the community and the world around us. The students are able to truly attack and focus on issues that are going on in the world and find solutions that is supported by credible research to support their solution and prove that the problem exists. Now let's talk about how we are planning on bringing project-based learning to our Edison community by speaking with the teachers, the staffs, and the students behind the project itself. Everyone, please welcome one of the best and brightest principal of New York State to the Chapters of Edison podcast. Mr. Ojeda has been one of the individuals taking our education system to the next level. Thank you for being here today. It's an honor to have you. So how are you doing, Mr. Ojeda? I'm doing well. I'm excited to open up a new chapter uh, with students who are leading the way. I think that's something that, as a leader, you empower your people. And to see the capabilities of empowering our young minds to lead forward, I'm super excited about this episode and future episodes to come, or as you would say, future chapters. So one of the first things we want to talk about is Edison has been shifting to change the way we learn. You have introduced something incredible. Can we talk more about that and what it is? Sure. Um, I think it's important also to recognize where this came from, what caused this spark. And that that is listening to students and their needs. And many times I would hear from students that they knew why they were there at Edison for our career and tech education courses, but did not know why they were taking a particular math or English or social studies or science. So the core academic courses. And so we decided to start to highlight the need for both, right? How do we create a school that defines a true definition of college and career ready so that our students, as in our mission statement, are the true leaders of tomorrow? And uh, Daniel Ragavanis and Mr. Philip Baker, they had a vision to create a unique experience for students. And when they sold me the idea, I was like, I can't wait, let's start. And so many years of, of um, implementing this in small stages is where we've arrived today and uh, these two individuals and myself have really been looking at how to be creative and innovative while serving seeing the needs of our students so that they stay connected and interested i know you have talked a lot about it has been eight years it has been a long time since we kind of introduced this project-based learning um, do you believe that this is the right time to introduce project-based learning with everything that is going on in our world with COVID-19, every part of our government, every part of our economy and society being shut down in this case? I think it's the best time 
to actually dive into project-based learning because we had to shut down, we had to shift, we had to really think about how to navigate this new world. And so I think that project-based learning pushes students to think outside the box, to try to resolve real-world problems. So think about it, like the students, since you're introducing PBL to them, what do you think would be the positives and negatives of introducing it to them? Since they're stuck with this mindset of learning in a certain way. I think education is about that. You learn by failing, right? We need to learn how to embrace failure. For me, everything's about support, right? If I'm going to teach you how to do something, I need to be mindful that I have that support for you so that when you fail, we're there to pick you up or you're there to, to pick up yourself because we've given you the support to be able to do that, I think is key. And I also feel that it has to be done in steps, right? So we have a three-year plan at Edison to roll out project-based learning. And I think the rollout that we have so far is working for us. Uh, making sure we structure our calendar properly is also key. So I just want just want to say there's a fine balance. What does the end goal look like after that three years? I know in New York State, we have regions, we have tests, standardized tests that needs to qualify for legal reasons and guidelines that schools need to follow. So what would project-based learning look like in three years at Edison? How would Edison change in that way? Another thing that I'm also looking into is becoming a school where we don't have to give a Regents. There are select few schools in the city that actually don't give Regents to students. They're able to assess the learning differently. And that's what I'm after. I don't think a Regents exam really measures the true potential of an individual. So there are a lot of walls that we're gonna encounter that we have to come, you know, try to climb over or break down. And I know that I have the right team to make that happen. I really feel when the time comes, we'll be able to overcome that hurdle. But what I see happening in the future is that there will be PBL projects sprinkled throughout the school year, maybe even get to a level where there's a capstone project at the end, right? So you start in the ninth grade with social studies and you do one fourth of the project. In the 10th grade, you do you get to the second and the third. And then the fourth is, is the culminating project. You know, what did you learn? Now that's that's the end goal for me. I think that that would be the best way to go about it because you can say, look what I did as a student. You know, I created this, this was my idea. So that that's where I see the end game for us is a capstone project at the end that tells your story when you went through ninth through, through 12th grade. So Hera, you keep on um, talking about the students and what, how it would help them when they go to college, all of that, right? But how would this help you personally? How does PBL affect you in your own life as a principal and individually? The overall benefit that I see with project-based learning for our community, meaning students, teachers, administration, is that when you engage in this, you're pushing yourself to learn new things, right? Many a times you're teaching the same course over and over. There's no update or modification to your lesson. With project-based learning, you're addressing situations that are relevant to the time. But again, I know it's not easy. Designing a project-based learning um, assignment, assessment takes work. I know I know it's not going to happen overnight because there's a lot of planning that takes place. But man, when, when you do the planning and this project rolls out, the impact, the impact that this project will have on that child, on that student, and on the teacher or the administrator if they're part of the process, you all walk away with new knowledge. You walk away with newfound information and, and definitely making your craft a lot better. If you get to better your community, like if you're able to help people in your community solve a problem, I mean that you have that on your record, you have that on, on uh, you know, you, you're part of history. I know that in a way, project-based learning not only lets you gain the skills, the knowledge, and 
lesson of everything from the lesson itself and the unit. But as a current junior applying to colleges and getting ready to apply to colleges, we usually end up putting our test grades, our region scores on the paper. But if in the case within the next three years where there is no regions, where there is nothing, what what would we end up putting on the paper? It's would Edison have certain certifications for project-based learning itself? People are seeing that this pandemic has ripple effects. So the other thing I'll tell you is that other, other colleges have also thought about whether or not they're going to be accepting certain tests that they used to accept. So they've changed their mindset. So I think we need to give it some time to see what ripple effects, what, what effects it has and how long it'll take for things to simmer down, right? Um, to see where we're going. I don't want to get hung up on comparing tests right now because I don't think we're in the right place to compare tests being that so many institutions are now thinking about changing the way they assess individuals. I just want to say thank you for coming on. I know that Edison is definitely going to a new chapter and we're restructuring this incredible education system to be great and the highest level in not only New York State, but all throughout the United States and maybe even the world at this point, because Edison is able to not only give you a career after high school, but is also able to give you skills that you can use to the, throughout the rest of your life. I just want you to add one last thing onto for our listeners, uh, something that you want them to take away from this conversation. I just want to say thank you to the students at Edison for being thought partners for the last couple of years as principal. I've always asked them to let me know how I'm doing because I want to improve. And I think by having done that, we're at the level that we are. And so we want to continue that trajectory. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the student body. I want to, I want to say thank you to the teachers who were willing to learn and push themselves during the pandemic and for those who tried when their backs were up against the wall. Um, just want to thank them for what they do um, and all faculty members at Edison. I don't think we would have been able to make it happen without everyone chipping in. I mean, everybody. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the first ever Edison podcast, Mr. Cremens. How are you I'm doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I think this is going to be a uh, fun, an interesting project. So I'm glad to be a part of it. There has been something incredible on the uprise at Edison. You are one of the first teachers to implement it in your classroom. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Uh, all right. So I'm doing a, a project that is a semester long project in my economics class. It's a mini economy. What we're trying to do really is to recreate what the actual U.S. economy would be like in my classroom, but on a much smaller scale. Uh, I'm hoping that through this project, the kids will really learn a lot about what it's like to, you know, be an adult and get a paycheck and have bills that you have to pay and and budget for yourself. And I really like that. that. Um, so since you're not only the only social studies teacher at Edison, but you're also the AP of social studies as well. So can you tell us a little bit about how PBL can truly fit in with the social studies department overall? Rather than a curriculum that is focused on uh, a regents exam at the end of the year. And so I think for social studies, that really provides us a great opportunity because our goal really is to prepare our students to be engaged members of society and engaged citizens. And so I think if we implement a more project-based curriculum, then what we can do is really prepare our students for college and career rather than just kind of focusing on a regents exam. And so I think that that's something that um, in in the social studies department, I think that creates a lot of opportunities for our students and uh, and our teachers to do some really exciting things. Well, I have a question for you. How was the first three days of the PBL for you? I realized that some of the things that I had planned took longer than I expected. And so I felt like I was not as productive in the first three days or really the first week or few weeks even in implementing this project because part of it is trial and error. I, w- I, I thought I had a pretty good 
plan for the day. And then I realized, oh man, we're not going to be able to get through even half of what I hope. So, you know, like I said, it's a little bit slower than I thought it was going to be, but um, the students have all been engaged so far and seem excited about it and seem interested. So I think it's going well. But do you feel that project-based learning would really change that environment of the classroom and allow students to become the leaders and take a career into like things that they're passionate about? Yeah, I really think it does. It, it, it can. I think that when the, when the students take control over their own learning, that's when the students grow the most to realize that this is for your own personal growth. And I think the way that we do that is through project-based learning, because then we can make the student more engaged and as I'll say accountable as well, but also more eager to want to learn and to want to do this work because they would, again, view it as something that they are in control of themselves and doing for themselves rather than doing it for somebody else. So um, I think that really getting them uh, or, or getting the students to take ownership over the uh, classroom and the learning away from the teacher is probably the number one hardest thing for the teacher to do, especially if you've had some success in your in your career. So that's that's going to be a real challenge for me as well as I think a lot of teachers. Um, I know that when you're introducing project-based learning in that conclusion, we would in a way re remove the reach. And do you feel comfortable in this case as well? Just like having your students not take a final project and have many final projects throughout the year. If we are able to move forward without the regions, then I think it would free us up to be able to be much more creative in what we, we can do in, in the classroom. Then I think it would uh, allow us to do these kinds of projects. Like I said, where we're immersing the students in, in the work of educating themselves and working at gaining this knowledge and these experience and these skills and experiences themselves through the project rather than us kind of trying to tell you everything that you need to know. Um, in this case, do you feel that it's, I know it's very hard for students and teachers both to adapt to this new way of learning. Do you believe this is the future of education in a way? I think the pandemic has forced us to say, we just can't do things the way we used to. We just can't teach in these traditional ways because, uh, you know, even if we all go back to school in September, I, I don't see it going, going back to 100% the way it was before the pandemic happened. And so um, I, I think that we can make these changes. It, it, like I said before, it's just going to make, it's just going to take some time. As a student learner that went to PBL training with you for the first time in PBL Works, um, do you feel it was helpful for to have a student learner alongside you and alongside your peers to actually collaborate and create a project not for the teacher, but also for the students and the classroom itself? In a teacher's mind, you know, a lot of teachers have experiences where you think you've planned the perfect lesson. And then when you implement that lesson, you realize, oh, wow, that was not so perfect after all. And so I think having the student's perspective, it can really maybe head off some of those problems and saying, okay, you're, if you're planning this lesson, you're planning this project, here is something else that you want to consider. And that is often the student's voice. And I think that students can really see things in a way that would be different from what the teachers have in mind. Um, in a way, do you feel that it would be hard? What would be the hardest factor for students to adapt to the project-based learning in this case? Similar to what I was saying before, where it would be very difficult for a teacher to give up the reins of control, I think it would be also difficult for a student to take those reins of control. And I think if the, the teachers were to put that on the students and say, okay, it's up to you to take control of your learning, that would be a struggle for some of the students to say, okay, I'm ready to take over that control. So I think it's it's going to be a give and a take between the teacher and the student to be able to say, you know, I want to make this more interesting and engaging. In order for that to work, you've got to take over the control over it yourself. Is there one thing that you want our listeners to, listeners to take away from this? Uh, you know what? I, I would say that to, to both the students and the teachers that we're in this together. You know, this is a change for everybody. This is uh, this pandemic has been hard and it's been hard on the students. It's been hard on the teachers. We have to be in this together if we want really to to make this change happen and to make our school a better place. Thank you so much for coming on, Mr. Crimmins. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the community of Edison, we are joined here by one of the most intelligent and creative individuals. How are you doing today, Ms. Ramos? I'm doing very well now, thank you. We both attended the PBL trainings for three days, so can you t- tell us about your thoughts about project-based learning before the training and how it has like truly changed your perspective? Sure. Um. So prior to attending the training, I, I had no real clear idea of what project-based learning was. I knew that, you know, projects were a really good way of engaging students differently than just, you know, a test. Here's an essay. Here's the reading. Uh, And I try really hard to make my projects a little more different than just research this and let's figure out and then present this. So when they came up to us and they said, we have this idea for this project-based learning, I was like, let's go. The three-day process, I don't know if you want me to talk about the three days, but it, it was intense. Don't get me wrong. It was absolutely fascinating to watch a project that, you know, normally would have been fleshed out in a little bit of time take three days to come together. It is intense and there's a lot of moving parts to it, but I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of this and how to continue modeling and moving forward and perfecting that project and projects moving forward. Hey, so Ms. Ramos, as one of the most outstanding English teachers here at Edison, how do you feel about PBO playing a role in the English department? Would it be beneficial for both students and teachers? I I think so. I think that English has one of those, it's one of those um, subjects where you can go just about anywhere with it. There's there's the debate, there's the Socratic seminar side to it, there's the written communication to it. There's so many different avenues and having project-based learning, it incorporates everything outside of school, which is something that I feel like as an English teacher and as I try to teach my kids more than just, again, the book. So having project-based learning and again, and focusing on that idea of it's more than just the book and it's more than just the skills. It's about how to live life in the world around you. It's an exciting idea because instead of it focusing on just that, the kids are more engaged in having passion, having an argument, having a reason to speak and realizing my voice does matter. And it could be something as small as just having an educated argument and realizing I need evidence, regardless of what I'm saying, I need to have something to back me. And it could be as big as figuring out who you are and figuring out where your stance is in the world and being eloquent and confident enough to support that idea. And like math and social studies and science, those are absolutely important. But I feel like this works really well with English because it gives you the opportunity to craft your own way of speaking and your own passions. And it gives it a bit of a direction as opposed to, again, just the book. Do you think that PBO has changed the way students has been learning? Because learning in PBO is a different way and brings more creativity to the classroom. So do you think in a sense of the students learning, has that changed? I think so, because in the same regard as it's about them figuring out who they are, it's a sense of also realizing that not everyone's going to agree with you. Not every Everyone is going to have the same mindset or the same ideology as you. And the only way to have a conversation that doesn't lead to blows or insults or fire for all intents and purposes is to have that sort of educated conversation. And through PBL, I feel like by giving them as much freedom as we are and sort of giving them their own opportunity to craft and have their own end result, it becomes more of, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I need to know how to defend myself. I need to know how to speak to somebody as opposed to just 
just giving up if they don't agree with me or giving up if it doesn't seem to be going my way. And those are skills that, yes, are learned through writing and through science and through math, like with proofs and all of that. But I don't think it's focused so much verbally in the sense of everyday terms and topics. It's more of like, I have to prove this for my English teacher. I have to prove this for the central idea. By having that project-based learning and having them think of more creative ways to solve a problem or a prompt or something like that, it gives them the okay to realize there's more than one way to do something. There's more to one way to argue or state something. And it's okay if people don't agree with me, but if I got my message out there, I might've changed something. I might've at least realized something about myself or another person. As we are definitely in a virtual learning environment where the world is suffering in every single possible way because of the outrage of coronavirus and everything. Do you believe that with project-based learning, the uh, level of engagement and communication skills and different skills have increased in your classroom? I think so, because it's going back to the discussion that we had in my other in my ICT class there was an instance and this was like almost brought tears to my eyes we were discussing the racism again and traditionally it, it sort of focuses on Black Lives Matter and that's the big portion of it and that everything that's going on and one student stood up he was like yeah can we talk about though the the assaults and the attacks on the Asian American population and another student took that and ran with it and said yeah that guy from the NBA that happened to him and another student was like yeah and the Native American people a lot of them are going missing too and it just everything culminated all together and it was really inspiring to see because these are ninth graders and they're aware and they they really wanted that space to have that communication and to build on solutions and how to both communicate what's happening because some of those students actually didn't know what was going on outside of the Black Lives Matter movement movement and, and everything else. And they were talking about uh, Black History Month and they're like, yeah, well, this is like Women's History Month and we don't see this sort of stuff. And it was it was very inspiring in that moment to see them, one, being able to communicate in a way that was, it raises a touchy subject and they were able to bring everyone in and everyone engaged, everyone interested. And I do think that it's because of that bigger idea of project-based learning and just the fact that we have nothing to do but observe absorb the anger and the frustration in the world and work with that information. I think they just wanted that moment to be able to say something, uh, even if they weren't 100% well-versed in it. Well, that was an emotional topic to touch upon. But another question is, during PBL, I know you received some great feedback. However, do you remember any advice you received that really improved your project? I did like the idea because I like giving my students a lot of different choices. And with the project that I created, created where it was very um, research-based and it was a, a criminal, a, like a CSI profile, and then breaking down into like the legalities of the, the, the criminal justice system. I wanted a different way as opposed to just a video. And it was you and Emily that kind of brought up like giving them a TED talk because I have some talkers in that class. And I don't think that a video would have supported their style of communication as much as like, having the ability to speak and just the like the different ways of, of pulling from different sources
is. Uh, I got some great feedback about interviewing you guys, like the the model UN students, but also like people in their fields. And I did get some some resources on who I can kind of communicate with. And that was something that was also really intimidating, like bringing outsiders into such a small, like close knit community that I have with those like nine kids. So it was like, it was good feedback. And it was also like very overwhelming feedback. But I think it was like the kind that made the project that much stronger. Because it's one thing to have the kids do their own research and, and maybe interview peers their own age. But I feel like having that extra step of interviewing adults is what really pushes it past like this is just a classroom project this is nothing it's like having an adult outside of just their teacher really kind of gives it more of a purpose like this matters well once again thank you for being a part of our podcast miss ramos your voice has truly inspired many and added to the conversation on project-based learning it's been an honor to work with you here today and we would love to hear more about the incredible projects that you create for students well, that's all the time we have now for this episode. Something that is to be learned from this episode is how we touched upon PBO, the origin of PBO, how project-based learning is being brought to Edison, how PBO influences students to learn to use their knowledge to help inspire a community. Instead of having teachers control the students, they make them memorize the information and that they will forget later on in their lives. So PBO brings life to the classroom which will change our education to greater heights, where students will be able to bring positive change and take away something they learned to be used in the real world. I would love to thank our principal, Mr. Ojeda, Ms. Ramos, and Mr. Kremens, including our speakers, Ryan and Emily Bash, also our guest speaker, Hifsa. I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the Chapters of Edison podcast, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you.